The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello again, Hoopball Lakers family, and welcome to another solo edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. I'm your host, JC DeLeon, for this edition. Ethan and I will be on together, presumably once the playoffs start, and playoffs, yeah, we have a lot to talk about there. Well, there's good news and there's bad news. What else is new, right? The 10 playoff teams in the West have been decided, and the good news is that the Lakers are among them. Bad news, however, is that they are not out of the woods on this play-in scenario. The Lakers' chances did improve last night on a controversial loss by the Trailblazers to the Phoenix Suns, and as it stands now, if the Lakers can win out against two easy-ish teams in Indiana and New Orleans, then Portland has to defeat Denver on Sunday, otherwise Portland will be in the play-in spot and not the Lakers. Indiana is among the playoff teams in the East fighting for playoff positioning, so they're not exactly going to roll over. And Denver is pretty solidified in their number four spot. They're not going to drop to number five, and they've had some injuries, so it might not be worth trying to get up to the number three spot, and so they may not have much of an interest in winning on Sunday, which isn't great for the Lakers. Long story short, the Lakers need to embrace the possibility, even the likelihood at this point, that they might have to play in this play-in game. Which they seem to have been doing, based on some quotes from Kyle Kuzma and Alex Caruso. They know it's a possibility. They're mostly just focused on the next game. The play-in game. It's, it's been a hot topic among NBA fans this season. Some people like it, some people don't. Some people were indifferent to it up until it became a reality for them. I'm I'm guilty of that, I'll, I'll admit. It seemed like an interesting idea, but there are a couple of issues with this play-in game to consider. Obviously, there's the possibility of losing, and thus the Lakers won't get in the actual playoffs, which would be disastrous. And even though the circumstance of this, as circumstances of this season provide plenty of exclu- excuses largely, it would be an inexcusable failure in a lot of people's eyes. Then there's the fact that the Lakers haven't exactly had good health luck and having to play another game, or another possibly two games, I'll get to that in a second, before the playoffs just opens up the chances for more injury. The playoffs is when rotations can get a little more solidified, and the bodies can acclimate to new conditions. It would have been nice to have a couple of games at the end to here to rest some guys. So I mentioned the possibility of two games. If you're unfamiliar with the NBA play-in tournament, So it's 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th place teams that play in this tournament. It doesn't have the usual seeding that the the regular playoffs have. 7 doesn't play 10, 8 doesn't play 9. It's 9th place versus 10th place. If 9th place wins, they advance. If 10th place loses, they're out. They're done completely. 7th versus 8th place. The winner of the 7th versus 8th place game goes directly to the 7th seed into the playoffs. The loser of the 7-8 match 
plays the winner of the 9-10 match. So as it stands right now, the Lakers are in that number 7 seed. If by some disaster they lose, then it's not the complete end of the world. If they're in the 7th seed and they lose, they play the winner of 9 and 10, which at this moment is Memphis and San Antonio. So the chances of the Lakers getting into the actual playoffs is is good. It's just they're having to deal with this playing scenario that they didn't want to deal with, that they probably weren't even thinking about a few weeks ago, and it's not a good time. The playing a game does provide a bigger issue that I don't think anybody was really considering, and it affects all fans. You know, right now, Steph Curry, LeBron James, Damian Lillard are all on teams that are in the play-in. And that means one of those three extremely popular players is not going to be in the playoffs. And that's kind of a disaster for the league. If Memphis and San Antonio were to end up in the playoffs as the final two teams, that'd that'd be kind of a disaster for the ratings of which we're already beginning to fall. The league wanted to make the end of the regular season more competitive, and it has, but at what cost? Is the increase in regular season ratings really worth the potential loss of playoff ratings? It's it's something to consider. You know, the, the idea of a winner-go-home, single-game matchup, Golden State versus Lakers, LeBron James versus Steph Curry, that's intriguing. But, I mean, I'd rather see that in the conference finals. I'd rather see that for five to seven games. I don't want to see it for one game in a, in a new thing that the league is trying to to try to make themselves different from other leagues that doesn't seem that fun to me it's fun for one game but not as fun as it would be back to back i don't know yeah i'll admit i was indifferent to the idea of the play-in game because i didn't think it would really affect me as a lakers fan this season but now it has and we're here And so we've got to talk about these sort of things. But I want to talk about something that has, I think, broken right for the Lakers. Something I think that's going to help morale, help boost the overall team chemistry. And that is recently the Lakers were finally able to raise the championship banner in front of some fans. They did it versus the the Houston Rockets. And I feel like that's the sort of thing that can trigger a winning streak. Wesley Matthews had a really great quote after that game. He didn't watch the championship banner ceremony. uh, And he explained why to Harrison Fagan, former guest on our show. He told Harrison, uh, the Lakers' success in the last two close games, which is versus the Rockets versus the Knicks, against the Knicks, uh, Taylor Harden-Tucker had a game-winning shot that was unbelievable um Wesley Matthews told Harrison it it gives the team confidence heading into the the postseason uh you know helps them build the habit of winning he here's his great great quote he didn't he was happy for his teammates that won the title last year he didn't watch the ceremony because he felt like that was for the guys that won the title quote my hunger burns to raise another banner and he's a guy who's been in the league for a while his dad was a Laker. Like, he he wants this. And 
yeah, I think to see the banner being raised in a way like that is is only going to help this team. And yeah, those are the sort of things where you can look back like what happened to to this team? What what triggered this run? And I think that night the closer they get to the playoffs, they could see the light at the end of the tunnel. Those are the things that 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 make your teams come alive. And speaking of players who've come alive, Pretty frequent topics on this show, Kyle Kuzma and Taylor Horton Tucker. The really great article uh, today that was posted on FoxSports.com talking about how THT and Kyle Kuzma have taken advantage of LeBron and, and AD's absence. And yeah, talked about it a little bit earlier versus the New York Knicks, Taylor Horton Tucker had an amazing game-winning shot. It wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was in the final minute. And to see that sequence play out was just amazing. Not an ounce of hesitation when he put up that shot. It was just a really exciting moment for, for him and his development. Specifically about T- Taylor Horton Tucker, another article on ESPN has talked about how you know he's a restricted free agent this summer. And whether or not the Lakers can keep him, it may not be up to the Lakers. Because he's restricted. Yeah, some teams might offer Taylor Horn Tucker a lot of money. And whether or not the Lakers can match, that remains to be seen. But that's an issue for down the road. Uh, specifically this passage, Horton Tucker's assist percentage which is an which is an estimate of the number of teams of his team's field goals that he assists on while on the court. First 46 games of the season was 17%. Last 17 games of the season has leapt to 29.8%, which means he's a genuine playmaker. And the number of times in the last few weeks that Taylor Harden Tucker has had more than five assists uh, it's been pretty, been pretty overwhelming. Started with April 10th versus Brooklyn. He had an 11 assist game there. 7 assists versus Boston. 7 assists versus Toronto. And back to back 10 assists and 10, 10 point games. So back to back double doubles for Taylor Horton Tucker versus New York and Houston. What makes the the game-winning three-point shot versus the Knicks more impressive is the fact that he's not a great three-point shooter yet. He's definitely improving, and he shoots that shot with with ultimate confidence. And I think when he shoots in volume, he kind of he's kind of better. He's got a two for five game. He does have a one for six and an zero for three, but he also has a three for five game, two for two. He's a little hot and cold with the three-point shot, but I think. During his better games is when that's more likely to hit, and that could happen a lot more during the playoffs. Kyle Kuzma, lately, our favorite Laker topic, he he had a really great, great quote recently as well. He said after one of these games versus the Knicks or the Rockets, I can't remember which one, but he said, quote, there's this misconception about me as a person that I don't care about basketball because of how I dress. But if you really watch basketball and see from my rookie year to where I am now, I've really grown as a player, end quote. And that's definitely true. 
His three-point shot has remained kind of, it is what it is. He's still a great scorer, but man, he's become a really great rebounder. He's become a much better decision maker. He's become a true leader on this team. Uh, I saw another quote that talked about he's been he's been here the longest, which is crazy to think about because he's so young. But yeah, Kyle Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma might be the most seasoned Laker on this current roster. And yeah, I think he really takes that to heart. But yeah, he's really been playing well. Uh, the last seven games of which he played six because he did have an injury, he's averaging 16.8 points per game, shooting 38% from free throw, from three-point, sorry, averaging five rebounds, uh, getting a steal, getting a couple of assists. He's just kind of kind of doing it all because he has to. And yeah, these two young guys, the future of the Lakers, hopefully assuming they can keep THT, yeah, this is where the Lakers' future is going to go. And, yeah, these games have been really important because, you know, AD has been back for a few of these games. And with the injury to LeBron James, yeah, we have to face the possibility that, you know, he the end of his career is going to be going to come a lot sooner than, than people might think, unfortunately, as much as I don't want to think about that. And the more they can play with AD being the true leader of this team, it's only going to help them in the long run. And, yeah, let's, uh, speaking of LeBron James. So, we don't really know what the status of his ankle is so far. According to Frank Vogel, it's a possibility that LeBron will play the final two games, but we don't know as of yet. Uh, he's tweeted that he's been close He's the Lakers have been posting pictures of LeBron in practice. They say it's it's looking better. I think I mean I think knowing LeBron, he's never really had an injury like this. I don't think he wants to come back in a scenario. I've said this before. I don't think he wants to come back to a scenario where he has to play limited minutes or he has to kind of work himself back into shape. I don't think he's going to come back until he can come back 100% or, or or as close to it as possible if you believe his quote about he'll never be 100% again it may or may not be true given his age given that type of injury but I think he'll come back and I think once the playoffs start and yeah once um you know the I think the raising of the banner is, is a great catalyst to the Lakers playing playing really well and I think it's kind of the boost that they needed. So that'll about do it for this show. Well, and in the way I usually end things with looking at the playoff picture. And so a number of teams have been eliminated, so we won't even talk about them. Like I said, the 10 teams in the West have been solidified. It's just a matter of whether or not what their seeding is going to be. Utah and Phoenix are at number one and number two. Utah 50 and 20. Phoenix 49 and 21. Phoenix is a couple of games ahead of the Clippers, and so I don't really see the Clippers making that leap to the number two spot. And so Phoenix could could fight for the number one seed versus Utah. Clippers at three, like I said, and Denver in four. Clippers are 47 and 23. Denver at 46 and 24. Denver could make a fight for that three spot, but I don't really see why they would. They are five games ahead of Dallas in the number five seed. Dallas still like 
think could fall into the play-in tournament, although it seems less likely for them at 41 and 29. Portland at 41 and 30. Our Lakers at 40 and 30 are the number seven seed. Golden State at 37 and 33. So is Memphis, and San Antonio is 33 and 37. So, yeah, New Orleans, Sacramento, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Houston, all eliminated. So San Antonio is probably not going to get up to that nine spot. Memphis and Golden State could swap places. The Lakers versus Portland, we've talked about that. If the Lakers win out and Portland loses to Denver, then the sixth seed belongs to the Lakers. Over in the east... Uh, Philadelphia is the number one seed, as they have been most of the season, 47-23. Brooklyn at 46-24. and 24. They could make a play for the number one seed, Milwaukee, at 45-25. and 25. Don't see them moving up to the number one. It's possible they could go to the two. But there's a five-game difference between them and number four, Atlanta. Good for Atlanta, number four. 40 and 31, they went on a tear ever since they fired their coach and, and got a new one. Miami stepped up as I thought they would in the five seed. They've clinched their playoff spot at 39 and 31. And so have the Knicks, also at 39 and 31. So, what remains to be seen for the East is. Only four teams have been eliminated, which means eleven are, which means there's eleven playoff teams at the moment. Bottom of that pile is Chicago at thirty and forty. They're two games behind Washington, and so I think Chicago is going to be eliminated here pretty soon. Which makes Washington your ten seed at thirty two and thirty eight. Indianapolis, Indiana, at nine and thirty three and thirty seven. So is Charlotte at thirty three and thirty seven. And Boston at 35 and 35. So Boston will more than likely remain. It seems as though the top six play, yeah, the top six playoff teams in the East are set. The play-in scenarios, what's not determined, but it seems like Chicago is going to fall out of that. And so your seven, eight, nine, and ten seeds are going to be Boston, Charlotte, Indiana, and Washington. So yeah, that'll that'll do it for this edition of the Hoopball Lakers podcast. Hope you enjoyed my thoughts about the play-in tournament. You know, something to consider the grand, I guess, penalties of it all, assuming things don't work out the way we'd like them to. And hopefully, uh, the Lakers do go on a tear that I that I think they will, that I hope they will. Yeah, definitely hope things work out. <laughs> Until next time, I'm your host, JC DeLeon. You can find me on Twitter at JCDeLeon1. You can find Ethan on Twitter at Ethan underscore Noroff. Follow the show at Hoopball Lakers on Twitter. Follow all the Hoopball shows. Just search Hoopball on Twitter and follow all the accounts that you see. There will be a bunch of them. Until next time, we are out.
This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.